Welcome to the Third Space Podcast, episode number 64, How Limitation Breeds Creativity. In this episode, we start off with uh, kind of a silly little investigation of death. Uh, How many people in the United States die from a variety of things? Uh, Some of them small things, some of them big things. I try to see if Daniel can guess which one is higher and what the numbers are. And it is a little entertaining and a little informative. Uh, I actually was quite surprised by some of the comparisons when I was looking them up. Uh, After that, we start talking about creativity. Let me tell you something in this introduction. There's a study done where there were two groups of kids, children, school children, and one group, uh, they went to recess on a playground with no fence and the other group went to recess on a playground with with a fence. And in the group with no fence, all of the children stayed huddled around the teacher. They played only nearby to where the teacher was. And in the playground with the fence, they spread out and explored to the boundaries of the playground uh, and didn't stay near the teacher. And I think that study has been replicated a bunch of times. And so, well, that, that goes along with the thought that I had that creativity may actually be increased by the imposition of limitations, uh, which is kind of a paradoxical thought. You would think that freedom is what causes more creativity. So that's the idea that we play with. We talk about a bunch of examples and potential reasons for why this might be. I thought it was interesting, obviously, because I suggested the topic, but hopefully you will find it interesting as well. So we will kick it off. Take it away, AI Jingle. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Do you think Thanks. it's a power play for me to say welcome like 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 it's your podcast? Yeah, yeah. Once I've welcomed you. Well, uh, I didn't know if you were talking to me or to you know the audience. Oh, that's true. Welcome, 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 everyone. Po- Podcast third spacers. listeners, third, third spacers. spacers, third okay. spacey people, third spacies, third um, spacists, the spacists. Oh, those are people yeah. who don't like our podcast. Yeah, they really hate the third space <laughs> podcast. Bunch of spacists. Bunch of spacists out there. Uh, I like that term. Um, <laughs> Everybody uh, hates space. <laughs> I want to start off Dimensions with. Uh, anyway. I want to start with something kind of, I guess, kind of silly. Um, I was uh, I, I observed someone complaining about spiders, recently, uh, and how dangerous they were. And I thought pretty common I, complaint, I imagine. And I, well, I was thinking, are spiders really that dangerous? Uh, They're hated. You they know, are definitely hated, but are they dangerous? And so I was curious how many deaths per year, you know, were caused by spiders in the United States. And this led me down a trail of, well, looking at what lots of... A spider hole? Well, a spider spider hole, as they call it, you know? (laughs) Went down the old spider hole. All those rabbit webs (laughs) extending off in every direction. Um, And I started looking at 
what people die from in the United States. And so I just have a handful of binary uh, choices between which is higher, you know, this death from this or death from that. Ooh, I like it. I want you to try to guess which is which is higher. It's just a few, so it won't take long at all. Okay. So I like this though. What 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 do you think kills more people in the United States per year? Spiders or ladders? Um, I'll reason through. I'm gonna say uh, my my instinct is, is it's funny where my instincts fall because it it falls to ladders just because it's a provocative question and, and you want to think of course spiders are this more people fear spiders. I don't know many ladder fear people don't want to be on a ladder but they do fall off a ladder and legitimately almost certainly more injuries are from ladders. You know, mm-hmm. I mean some real paralyzing stuff. I'm sure it's real nasty um, and so. The, the question, I guess, I'm going to go with ladders, and I also, should I start guessing numbers as well? Sure, like, yeah, go be for it. Because that's where it's going to get funny. Because yeah, give me, give me your know. ballpark. Give me your ballpark. What, how many Americans are, is this American deaths or, yeah, or the, world deaths? in the deaths? U.S., in the U.S. Okay, so what is the American population, like 350 million, 360, 320, 300? Yeah, I think we're around 340 Hey, Google, now. what's the American population? Oh, wow, that's really specific. Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> 330 million. Okay, so how I, many are I dying that, off of? I was spying on Google, spying on you, so. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that there's like, uh, uh, like, like, Oh God, we are in a developed country and you get bit by a spider and stuff starts to go wrong. It's not like a snake where your just heart stops pretty quickly in really bad scenarios. But there are, you know, black widows. And that's what, the, the, to me, the number one scary spider is the black widow. Uh, mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm going to go with like like 85 deaths of spiders. And okay. I'm going to go with uh, 180 uh, ladder deaths and I said, this is just so i don't know but um, there you go those are my numbers all right those are not infinitesimal bad. like so small yeah, by those, the way. those like, are not bad guesses uh annual deaths from spiders on average six. Oh man and ladders 161 so you're actually oh, quite close on that one good job <laughs> all right so well, i like that okay that helps ground me too because it's like okay we have Part of it's like medicinally, we're treating spider bites and doing things about it. And like you fall off a ladder and hit your head, it's like sucks for you, man. But like, yeah. you know, not much we can do. Yeah, I mean, it just, I, I was a little shocked at that number six from spiders because, yeah, you always hear, you know, as a kid, black widows, brown recluses, and well, like spiders ticks. I wonder if tick deaths are more than that, you know? Like that's Could where be. my mind goes because ticks don't seem as people don't talk about their fear of ticks, but you, you hear about uh, what's what's the stuff you hear about? The, the Lyme disease, and Lyme so disease, and like bad stuff. So right. they might kill more than spiders. So. Yeah. Six is so small, it does surprise me. And I knew I was trying to give you a realistic answer, and I knew even just saying 80. I was truly going really small. We're talking about mil- I mean, people die of all sorts of wacky oh, things. Yeah. Like six has got to be like one of the lower like death statistics out there. It doesn't it, there's only five others that could beat it out? You know, right? Like, yeah, right. Anyway, um, all right. So, what do you think kills more people in the U.S. per year? Fire or water? I would guess water because uh, fire is violent so you kind of go well fires kill people but drownings and stuff give me a break like people like 
their water is every like every you can't you drown in like a very small amount of water i don't know what the minimum amount is but it it's something goofy like a teaspoon will kill you like i don't know that's <laughs> not, obviously not true but um whereas fire is this violent but more rare so definitely going water and then i'll try and throw numbers out there yeah um i'm gonna go with like 200 drowning and and like 50 for fire uh, you're way off on this one um, okay <laughs> fire kills 4,300 people per year Yikes. in the okay. u.s well and, i just need to recalibrate and Jeez. water that is drowning kills 2,100 people oh so i wasn't even less, right less than half now fire i got this from some kind of fire agency not finding these stats is well a journey on its own so take every single stat with a grain of salt because you can't trust any statistics basically but the fire is from well residential fires non-residential fires auto fires um that kind of thing smoke inhalation from fire i was about to say do you get knocked out because i've always this is look this is going to sound really insensitive and i don't i don't want to sound i've always thought like unless all of a sudden the building's ablaze and you're in a skyscraper just kind of like leave i mean (laughs) you know and and i know that that's not that simple i know i'm missing puzzle pieces like are they dying in their sleep of smoke inhalation or they pass out and then they get burned to death or that it collapses and knocks them out and then they die by fire you know i just does not part of you feel that way it's like okay you just run because we can like a, a, a flame can kiss your body and you're not dead and if there's a fiery doorway and you're like oh it's blocked like you know if that's your only option you just kind of get burned but you keep on running and you get out of there um so I think I'm underestimating a couple of things, and that's got to be the smoke must be just so, just like, I don't know. I was yeah. also just think, hold your breath. <laughs> right, well, I know it's not that simple, though. So right. talk me through it. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying, and I think that in most cases, people do just leave. Um, and yeah, if it's smoky, but not over not not so fiery and smoky that all the oxygen is being stolen then yeah they just you know they cough and choke on the smoke and ash and leave but yeah if i guess if like you're not aware that the fire begins and you're in some interior room of a building which i assume is all cases almost yeah and the exterior buildings or exterior rooms rather catch on fire and then you have to go through you know you have to hold your breath while you're panicking and physically exerting yourself and maybe the oxygen is depleted because of the fire and smoke like and you're breathing you're gonna, fast yeah you're gonna lose your energy pretty quickly right it, you it's not like you're gonna let's imagine you are in a multi-story office building you can't jump out the window you know because you would yeah. die or be seriously injured so you got to go down the stairwell and it's smoky i don't know i could just see people running out of breath and collapsing Fair. So what are your thoughts of like wildfires that are in the news and then continue to kill people? Are you sort of like wildfires? Guys, like I don't it's, it's, think are as big a deal for. Humans, but they, they start to catch like they come up to like a suburban neighborhood and then like yeah, but I guess that, by that, that point they're evacuated, right? Yeah, There's they're evacuated no from those moments. That, that is a thing where okay, we'll just leave. 
Now, right now, you know, as we do this podcast, there's been major fires in Hawaii. In yeah. yeah, yeah, like bad stuff. That's and, why I, I, I'm not actually died. making fun of people. Yeah, people, a lot of like, isn't it like 100 or something? Yeah, Maybe I, I should. It is now. I, should, I think I said 80 when I knew the number oh, I, was, yeah. I heard on the radio today. Really stupid of me. Um, well, I don't I mean, mean to I laugh. Think, at, I just laughed at their death. I'm not laughing at their death. I'm laughing at my stupid. Gosh, you're just the worst. Uh, no, um, <laughs> no, I think it's probably, you know, you can imagine elderly people not able to flee their homes quickly enough. Um, maybe. Uh, like, I, don't, I don't actually know what the cause. I guess, I guess I know. I, and, like, I said it in a provocative way. I said, like, why are they dying? Why not just walk out? I know that yeah there's got to be these legitimate reasons and it sucks and it's terrible it's a tragedy and it's old people it's vulnerable people it's asleep people it's injured people it's people like you said in in the middle of bigger structures and not aware until it's too late um yeah i i cannot help but when i hear these kind of things like died in a fire it's one of the more unique when I hear someone's died in a car wreck, I don't picture myself dying in a car wreck. But when I hear someone's died in a fire, I kind of have this pretty vivid imagination of being like, it's go time. The building's on fire. I'm there. I'm getting low. I'm trying to wet a shirt and put it around my yeah. like like mouth and get low and crawl. Like if I need to crawl or if I just can stay. And I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready to like endure some physical pain and mm-hmm. and i don't know why i go to that sort of self-challenge the way i don't when i hear about a drowning or a or a plane crash or something like that i don't i don't, I'm, I don't put myself there as much um let's let's move on to the next one uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um this one is a little different what do you think kills more people in the u.s per year medical malpractice or car accidents so these are no longer small ticket items medical malpractice or what car, car accidents, accidents? yeah um i mean i'm going car accidents i think it's like one of the leading causes of like non i mean it's a huge fact i feel like it's on lists of top reasons for death uh particularly outside i think of like cancer heart disease that sort of thing mm-hmm. it, the, the the four horsemen i've heard it called right like uh, outside of those, I think car accidents is like it. So I just got to put that as there's more of that. So how many? Um, oh, God. This is, I don't even know how many people die a year. I wish I had that baseline. Um, and, I, and then I don't know if I sound goofy. Is like, do I sound goofy saying, you know, uh, uh, like 50,000, you know? Um, I'm, this is where like numbers start to lose me. Uh, so I'll say... I'll just say 50,000 and 25,000 because I have no idea for, for insurance or medical, medical malpractice. malpractice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You're going to be surprised then. Uh, medical malpractice is um, about 250,000 people. Uh, a study from uh, analyzing between the year 2000 and 2008 assessed that about 250,000 people a year die from medical malpractice. And you, wow. you have to imagine that that number has gone up precipitously. Uh, especially in recent years, uh, and then but we know more science. It, <laughs> that's <So> true. <laughs> that's true. The science saves people. <laughs> and car accidents uh, in twenty twenty two was forty three thousand, so significantly less. And I guessed fifty thousand. You guessed fifty. So your guess was actually really good. 
uh, for car accidents. And I was way off for... Medical malpractice. Medical okay. malpractice, um, I saw something that said that it was the third leading cause of death uh, now. Does this justify people's... And, and heart disease. Wow. Does this justify people's death for, or excuse me, fear of hospitals? Like, are they... Oh, yeah. Right, like, yeah. right to be legitimately scared? Wait... I'm trying to work this through. I want to understand what medical malpractice means because are they counting? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's a lot okay. that can go into that definition. Of course. Yeah, I'm concerned. I, w- I wouldn't agree with this broad definition. That's trying to. It sounds like it's trying to judge the you know healthcare industry and say, okay, because you put them on this med when this med would have been better. But it was still a good med. It didn't screw them up. It didn't kill them. But it would have been better to be on like this slightly better med, and like they ended up dying. We're counting that as malpractice. But does malpractice mean like you have a case in the legal system that is reasonable to win? Like I just want to know what that means. But um, yeah, so um, the I didn't read the entire study that this came from, uh, and yeah. like I said, it's from two thousand to two thousand eight. I couldn't find any good. Uh, source stat from more recent years. Granted, I didn't, I didn't look all that hard. Um, a lot of stuff I found was from the malpractice, the the insurance claims, and that wasn't good enough to me. So, because I don't, I don't know. I guess I don't trust that. But you know, these are things like, um, yeah, they made a mistake. Leaving a scalpel yeah. inside you, yes. you know, that kind of that thing. Kind of yeah, stuff. making a mistake during surgery. I think uh, misdiagnosis. Uh, and deaths resulting from that is included. Um, misprescribing a medication, I think all that kind of stuff is included. So, yeah, it's a pretty broad umbrella, um, but, you know, it's it's not necessarily a death from a natural cause. So I know. It's still it a, just, it's a shocking number. It freaks me out. It's a shocking number that we have this giant medical, uh, you know, system, and it's, it's now it's, ranking third in killing people. <laughs> yeah, right. That's laughable, right? Well, you also have to think, too, that, all right, who relies on the healthcare industry the most? Well, it's old people, oh, right? And, and unhealthy, I would just generally well, yeah. say. Un- yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. Old, yeah. People are, yeah. old people and frail people rely on the medical industry. So even something slight, if something slightly goes wrong, that can be the end for them, right? Uh, yeah. And so the margins are a little bit thinner now that doesn't mean and everyone's mistakes. going and getting certain you know they're at the end of life they're doing yeah. things aggressively and dying yeah so i'd want to know like yeah under 60 or something like that like what they like, take that out of the situation how much is that contributing 60 and older and like right. more more aggressive treatments that end up killing people but they knew the risks and i don't know i don't know i don't want to dismiss mal- malpractice or whatever i just I, man that number is so wild to me oh yeah, I was surprised by the car accident. I expected car accident sentence to be higher, too. Yeah, higher I'm, I'm, I'm one for three. Is that right? Like, I'm, yeah. Yeah, you're good on spiders. My intuition's so. off on these. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, What what's the more dangerous animal in the U.S. Uh, in terms of deaths, deer or sharks? Um, I feel pretty good about saying deer in this one uh there's just like more of them um we talked about hunting recently uh talking about overpopulation and causing wrecks um sharks are like better for a movie villain kind of thing jaws and what i don't know but... 
De- <laughs> Name of deer, deer movie. A, de- <laughs> like, a deer movie? I mean... Just call it antlers or whatever the, the scary... Antlers. <laughs> I mean, jaws of a shark, antlers of a deer. Um, and so I'm confident. In that. I'd be very surprised if I were wrong because I feel like we're in the, like, 12 for sharks and, like, if we're counting car wrecks for deer here. We're, I'm going to put that at, like... Uh, I mean, it could be like a thousand or something. So I'm gonna, yeah, that's what I'm going for. A thousand and and twelve. <laughs> pretty pretty good. Pretty good on that one. Sharks have only killed two people since 2020 in the U.S. So very uh. very few deaths from sharks. Um, and deer in one year uh, kill about 440 people. Yeah, mostly due to car accidents. So you're dead on. Outside the car accidents, I just thought it would be, you know, zero almost. Like, what are they, like, are they, like, charging people, like, really, not really? Probably, I'm not sure. (laughs) It's pretty much a car accident. I did hear a story about a car accident, and my mom would tell the story, and I still remember, I'm probably, it's like a kid memory, so treat it as you will. But this this deer, after a wreck, the kids, uh, the, the parents were looking, and the kid... So the, the sorry, I'm telling this terribly. The deer charges at the car, puts their antlers in, or maybe it was hit. This has to be it. Then the antlers were stuck in the windshield, mm-hmm. and the kid had braces, and like the, the antlers got all like messed up the kid's face and braces. What? And that really horrified me as a kid because it the because it was stuck and trying to get out, and like it was being really aggressive and pounding and like moving its antlers all around, and just sounds like a B movie death to be honest. Yeah, really. Know? Because the uh, kid goes into the orthodontist with his messed up braces, and the orthodontist is like, "What? What happened to your braces? Did you eat some hard candy, little Johnny? No, a deer. No, an- did you know deer an- kill four hundred forty people a year, or whatever the number was? <laughs> it would be a good scene for Antlers, the movie. You know, when the kid goes into the orthodontist, and then you know you peek out the window, and there's a deer peeking in." angrily i can imagine that an angry looking deer um all right uh what killed more people uh in 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 the u.s or well did did more americans die in the war in vietnam or of drug overdoses in 2022 oh this one's interesting because i feel like we want to say i'm i'm Psychologically, I was like, I'm going to say the overdoses is what I want to say if I'm taking a test. But then I think Bennett knows me by this point. He might be, he might be reading what I, where I'm going and change it up. But I'm going to stick with overdoses. Um, I mean, this opioid stuff, I'm not sure how far out of it we are. Um, also, medical stuff has been surprised. You, you shocked me with the malpractice stuff. So I'll probably be shocked by drug numbers and, you know, we live in a good way, a sheltered life. Like that's just not part of what we we see on a daily basis. So I'm blind to it. So I wouldn't be surprised if I if I were shocked. <laughs> that's it. I wouldn't be surprised, <laughs> I wouldn't be if, surprised I if I were shocked. <laughs> um, and then I just so I don't know where to place these numbers. Uh, I feel like if I were a better history student mm-hmm. or student of history, I would know the Vietnam numbers. Um, and I don't. So, let's say five thousand for Vietnam, and fifteen thousand. No, twenty-five thousand for drug overdoses in twenty twenty-two. Oh, you're way off. Way off on this one. Okay. Uh, okay. U.S. deaths. In, well, you're right. In which one is higher? Um, 
U.S. deaths in Vietnam were about 58,000. Oh, man. I'm and uh, drug overdoses in 2022, 110,000. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that ridiculous? Way off on the numbers. 110,000. Well, I mean... And 58,000 in And 58,000 in all of the Vietnam War. I mean, like, yeah. well, that just kind of drives home how insane the overdose stuff is uh yeah right now like i mean well again like you said we you and i personally we don't ever see this i don't see people doing drugs uh but it's represented in our media a lot breaking bad and whatnot you know just drug use is very scary and and flashy as well you know uh yeah. But yeah. yeah. What's going on? Don't do drugs. It's that easy. Yeah. Just it's like a yeah, fire, you know, like if you are worked on me. Me too. If your building's burning, just leave. If you're about to overdose on drugs, just don't. Don't do it more. I'm going to share a quick dare story that I remember asking officer <laughs> what's his face. I don't know, you know, everyone had officer what's his face. McCoy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> officer McCoy. So I had this sincere question and I knew it was spot on and I was so shocked by his answer and it reveals my ignorance as a kid. I said, so what do you do if you're not offered drugs but you're told you have to do it and they, they pull out a gun and tell you you have to like do the drugs? Because um, that just seems so realistic in yeah, my mind. Right. Like drug, drug dealers or people with drugs are bad and they have guns and they're going to threaten you. And so... He said, he, he acknowledged that. He said, that's a great question. And he repeated it to everyone. And I'm like, good, because seriously, I think I'm going to have to do drugs if that happens, you know? Like, yeah, I'm not right. going to get shot. And he says, statistically, this is absolutely not happening. You know, like, no <laughs> one ever, no one ever <laughs> says, here, you want to you hit? No, thanks. I said, do it. And, like, pulls out a gun and makes you do the drugs. It just doesn't happen. And that made me go, like, what? He has to be wrong about that. This is, I thought that's what happened day in and day Why out. Why else would anyone drugs do drugs? <laughs> yes. Like, like some bad kids will do the drugs, you know. But, like, you know, I always hear good people like, get hooked on drugs, too. So, like, they're Why obviously would, yeah. started by being, they're being forced, forced to, into you know? it. <laughs> and so when he told me that, I, I treated it with suspicion but also trust of, like, authority. So I was just like, wow, really? Like, really? Um, and, and the idea of that being like a really spot on question is so funny to me. I was like, why hasn't anyone asked this yet? I'll ask it. Fine. I'll be the one to ask the, the <laughs> everyone's thinking it. Of, yeah. There are no, and, and, there are no stupid questions. Uh, yeah. right. And so, so you asked oh, it. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dare. What kills more people in the U S per year, alligators or lightning? Oh, good one. This one's tough to me. Because I feel like they're both low. I feel like they might even both be both um, maybe single digit low. Um, and I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with. Oh, I really don't know. This is a coin toss, so there's no like. I just got lucky if I get it right. I'm gonna say lightning kills more people, and I'm gonna say it kills nine, and uh, alligators kill people less, and it's five. Oh man, alligators kill four. People four in twenty twenty two. In twenty twenty two, alligators kill four people, and uh, lightning on average kills about twenty eight people. So Arr! pretty good. Okay, all right. <laughs> four and I guess five. Like that's yeah, that's nuts. as close as you're that's... gonna get. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Last the last one I've got. Uh, accidental falls, or non suicide related deaths from guns. 
I've got to tell you, I saw a comedian do a bit once about this. And if he was right, it was accidental falls were a lot higher, a lot higher than um, non, what'd you say? Uh, yeah, non deaths from death guns. From, deaths from guns, yeah, death from not, guns, just not including suicide. Not a bias, oh, not suicide. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and he and he did this like funny pantomiming of it, and and was like, yeah, it's really tragic to think death, but but keep in mind, so many more. And then he like fake fell and died. It was funny. So I hate to say I know this one, or at least I trust the comedian for no real reason, because it was literally on like one of these YouTube reels. Uh, but I'm gonna say that that's accurate, and it was something like. Well, the numbers I just don't remember. So I'm not even going to pretend to remember that. So I'd almost prefer to answer in like triple or quadruple or double. and But I'll still try and give you numbers. Okay. Deaths from falls, if it's higher, which is shocking, by the way. I want to be clear that if I hadn't seen that video, I would still probably answer it because it feels like a leading like question, you know. Um Deaths from falls. This is old people, too. I think they're getting the numbers way up there. I'm going to say like 400. God, that seems so high, but I'm saying it anyway. Mm -hmm. And then from guns, um, like 350. I don't know. You're way way off. Um, Accidental falls in 2017, uh, 36,000. God, I don't know what I'm talking about, clearly. That shocks me. (laughs) 36,000 deaths from falls. Falling from falling, I mean, think about ladders or (laughs) including ladders. Um, think about all the old people who, you know, just stumble and break their hip or whatever. I wish I, I I felt like I was just, I'm tired. Like that answer was bad. That one I'm (laughs) embarrassed by. Others I'm just like, what, whatever. Okay, I wasn't a good student of history and some other things, but that one was bad. Uh, Yeah, and firearm deaths too. Uh, twenty one thousand for non. Yeah, like Chicago yeah. killed a bad like weekend. Did, like, yeah, yeah, a bad weekend. It was in a Chicago bad guess. Three fifty. I just w- wasn't thinking. Right? Yeah, in that was in twenty 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 one, twenty one thousand non suicide firearm deaths. If you include suicide, it's forty eight thousand. So that just shows you how ridiculous that is, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. but like again, like the reason that surprised me is just because all right, what do you, when you when you talk about when you hear what people are afraid of and what gets you know blown up in the media, it's uh, guns and drugs and all and war and all of this stuff. But like people falling kills you know more people than guns do. Yeah. And yeah, and people talk about point. oh lock up lock up your guns from your kids and all of this, which you know is something you should do. But you should also like you know keep an eye on them when they're going down the stairs, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> This is a stat I want to know, like, again, under 60 or whatever, 65, what, set whatever age uh, that is reasonable and then say, like, I mean, death by falling. These are nasty falls unless you're just 85 years old and your hip just kind of, like, maybe maybe you don't even fall because and, and break your hip. Maybe your hip just disintegrates and then you fall, you know? Yeah. like. We don't know how many of these numbers are just they died while standing and we're counting it as a fall. <laughs> sure. Uh, it's a funny thing to say. But like or or just I'm wondering I'm trying to think of something like some someone gets in a car accident, they get out and then they fall and then they get they're old and they get sent to the emergency room and they, you know, prescribe them aspirin and they're allergic like and they get 
but like, <laughs> the, where does where does this death you know right it was count? a covid death uh, it was a covid death <laughs> well i mean that's in the thing to like falling and a, an accident and right uh, i mean you're highlighting that cause of death problem that you know well it became a talking point uh with covid in particular but yeah sometimes it is hard to attribute what specifically killed someone i mean even philosophically that's a you could probably debate i mean you know guns or 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 maybe even linguistically i don't want to get it's silly to be like well did the it wasn't the gun it was the bullet and it wasn't (laughs) and it wasn't the bullet it was the tearing of the brain matter i don't like what and which at which moment at which shredding of the brain did death occur like what what kills us like when when that's an interesting thought sort of at least it is to me so yeah most of the time it doesn't matter uh but is there a sense of over does all death involve a sense of overwhelm because it's not this one brain synapse that gets disconnected that that's not the death moment it's like this general overwhelm um right i mean yeah i mean i think when you get right down to it most people die of like suffocation or something uh like their their heart gives out and their brain doesn't get oxygen and that's what kills them yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. in the case of like a gunshot to the head or something, then I don't. Yeah, it could still I mean, be a knows? brain not communicating to breathe anymore. Sure. <laughs> like, well, yeah. that's a stupid thing to say. That's not true. Like clearly, they're. I don't know. I don't know. I just like where, it. it yeah. I don't know. Um. Anyway, that was my fun, <laughs> fun small diversion that took us half an hour to get through. Yeah, yeah. Um, this fun small diversion. But but I I don't know. I thought it was uh. <laughs> Interesting. I liked it. I don't feel like we lingered too long. I did tell tell a dare story and t- and talk about fire a little bit too much, but I I liked it. Um, so I've got another thing uh, that I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about creativity uh, a little bit lately. So I just want to ask, just right at the top, what makes people creative? Uh, what makes people creative? Their uh, ability to. I actually kind of go to problem solving in unique ways, but I'm expanding problem solving to not like it's not mean it's not like you're doing a math problem exactly. It it means that you are faced with a goal or a desire, and that can be defined as a problem, right? Like how do I I don't have that goal yet, or and I have this desire to get to there, but I'm not there. I can call that a problem, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I want and I want to get there. So uh. There's like, I would say it's not creative. A to B, what the most utilitarian path there is not creative. But let's say the reason it is a problem is because A to B is obstructed in some way. Like if it were just simple, I don't need to be creative. I just do that A to B. But now A to B is obstructed, which means the problem's a little more complicated. So in order for creativity to be there, there needs to be it needs to be a little bit complicated to get this the goal or the desired outcome. And then you come up with ways to get there that are unique, novel, insightful, uh, and what I would call creative. Is that fair? Okay, yeah, that sounds good. So yeah, one of the things I thought about was um well, obviously there's a personality component to creativity it seems like some people are just naturally more creative than others even if two people are faced with the same obstacle and the same path yeah one one person may be more creative than the other but i definitely agree with you that being faced with obstacles 
kind of presses well, us into creativity. If I said to a non-creative person, uh, all right, list how many things you can do with this blanket. They'd say like uh, to cover oh. yourself with for warmth and to maybe like provide some shelter. Mm-hmm. And I think they'd run out of ideas really quick. And I think a more creative type of person would rattle off fanciful things that almost get narrative based. You could you could spiral it into to a tightly knit thing and whip people with it who are annoying you, or you know, and could you could a just cape. yeah, it could be a cape and yeah, yeah. You could just get so it on. could be a house and you know, or it can be a flying carpet and 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 you know, or it could be a shelter to change clothes in when you, or when you look down and realize you're naked. I don't know. I just think you'd be more, uh, I don't know if this is this anyway, it, it feels like they'd be fanciful and well creative and, and pulling from almost narrative. I don't want to link creativity and narrative, but I just, I just believe that the descriptions would lend themselves to be humorous and fanciful and uh, with some degree of specificity that are just beyond like, utilitarian and pragmatic what do you think about stress levels do you think someone would be more creative in a high stress situation or in a low stress situation oh this is an interesting question my knee jerk is to say high stress uh because i mean well i can see both sides simultaneously so let's go with low stress there is there was a study done that i'm pulling my out of my butt right now but people that were bored uh, before asked to do some sort of task, uh, and meaning their phone was taken away and they literally had nothing to do. Uh, they were more creative with whatever it was. They were given something like a paper cup a and, a, and a phone book or and a blanket and said, do, <laughs> like, cre- whatever. They had to solve some problem, I think, um, which lends credibility to my creative yeah. definition of like problem solving. Um, and they were more creative about finding solutions. Um, whereas the person who is able to be on their phone and like, you know, just chill out in it. And so, well, they're both relaxed, I guess. Boredom is like intense relaxation, too much relaxation. And so they were in a creative state, but also if there's some, uh, stress, um, it's out of that, there's incentive, I suppose, or there's, I believe that stress and, and, and high stakes go coincide. I mean, the stakes are a little higher, so there's reason there's, there's a real uh, immediacy to this problem. And so uh, I think that, you know, you've talked about out of uh, um, confinement comes creativity sometimes, like with, with like a haiku out of, out of the rules, you, you can get more creative. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I would guess, I don't know if you actually have an answer to this, but I would guess that stress means it's like immediate and there's something that needs to be done and here are some parameters and go and it's like oh my god and that's going to lead me to be more creative uh i don't know at least there's going to be higher degree of creative output under stressful circumstances i don't know which is a more ideal situation but i guarantee some stress is going to create uh creativity more (laughs) often (laughs) because it's just there's a need like do this go versus Hey, go be bored. Bored's gonna have long swaths of not creative time, right? right? So, yeah, I don't, I don't have an answer. It's, it wasn't a question with an objective answer. I was just curious what you thought. Um, I, I was thinking along similar lines. Well, if you, if you're not under a stressful, if you're not under stressful circumstances, then you have the luxury of thinking about 
you know, not just using the blanket for warmth, but also using it as, you know, a trampoline or a thing to catch people jumping out of burning office buildings. Um, like, <laughs> right. so that they don't die and become a statistic to be used in a third space podcast <laughs> to be criticized by spacists. <laughs> um, so Double call that. So low stress might allow you the luxury of being more creative whereas under high stress you might you might you might have to take what you can get right the first thing that comes to mind on the other hand under high stress situations the first thing that comes to mind might not be good enough i'm thinking like in wartime you know i just watched oppenheimer a couple weeks ago oh and, you know, yeah we haven't talked about it god did you love it i loved it i, I really enjoyed it oh i'm glad you we'll saw talk it. about we, that later but we do need so to talk good about later yeah, it was very yeah. good I'm glad um, it didn't let me down at all. I just freaking loved it. So. I really I really liked it too. But, you know, that's a situation historically where, you know, like that that was creativity and it was creativity due to a high stress situation. Um, yeah, yeah. so it could go either way. But but all of this lengthy introduction uh, to lead me into my thesis for this topic, which you already uncovered, which is paradoxically, I think that limitation Applying limitations increases creativity rather than decreases it. Like normally you would think, okay, freedom, we live in America, we love our freedom, we want as much freedom as we can get. But if you have too much freedom, then that actually stifles you. It makes you unable to think of creative solutions, whereas limiting yourself into some bounded area increases your creativity. Yeah, we're actually happier if we have... Do do you think that's true, first of all? Um, Well, I'm intrigued and I want to play with the idea. And I tend to think yes is my knee jerk. mm -hmm. Um, And I also know that like choice, we want choice and you could could parallel that with freedom. And, but we actually don't want too much choice. It can be frustrating. So we almost, we almost want to experience choice more than we want infinite choice. I know this as a teacher, if I just say, write anything you want to about this book we just read, they're just like, well, that's too much. Too, I don't know where to begin. Like, but if I give them five prompts and say, if you want a sixth one, that's either a, a mod of these or one you come up with in your own, let me know. And they're, they're much happier with that. Um, there was a study and I wish I had it in front of me too. I'm going to pull it out of my butt. Suave shampoo used to have like 30 or 40 cents and they mm-hmm. cut their cents to like eight and their sales went up like 25 or 30%, some huge statistically significant amount. Yeah. And the idea was that the shopper goes and they go, Oh, there's, and they see the eight cents and they smell them and they go and they choose their favorite and they feel like they've chosen the best and they like it. Right. And, um, and, and whereas if there's 30 or 40 cents, they go, right, forget about it. And you just kind of feel like, I don't know if I chose the best one. I was just, and also there's a quality thing. If there's 40 cents, like this, this company's just cranking out whatever whereas yeah. if you it's if fancy restaurants have limited menus because they're like no we're, we're experts in this one page menu you know um not to say that somewhere like uh like the uh cheesecake factory with their multi-page menu they they're they're a they're an anomaly right they actually have good food on all, all sorts of uh different ba- their kitchen is really complex but uh yeah so so i, f- I think i'm pretty cre- sure i've heard that shampoo uh, anecdote Example. before, yeah, so. and that's about choice, which is not creativity, no, no, but it is a limitation that you, yeah. you know. No, I yeah. think yeah, it's not creativity exactly, but it is. It does go to the point that too 
too many degrees of freedom is bewildering. We don't know what to do, what to choose. And I think that creativity is, well, it's a choice of what actions to take, right? And so if you have, uh, if, if you can generate a thousand different choices that you can take, what's bewildering, which one should I pick? I don't know. But if you're limited by whatever framework you're in, then you have fewer choices. And that means you're more able to assess the you know, which, which of those choices, choices yeah. will be better. Um, and that's actually, so and I, again, to go back to writing and student writing, if I say, all right, we're going to write a, sh- write a short story. Mm-hmm. Or if I said, write a short story with subtext, just like you know these characters in which there was maybe a divorce or an abortion or something like that was the subtext and they never mentioned divorce or they don't mention abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a famous, I think it's a Hemingway short story that's all about that, The Hills, uh, White Elephants. Hills, hills Have Eyes. Hills, hills Have White Elephants. Um, uh, white Hills. I don't, uh, I don't know. But the point is, you, you read the whole short story and they go, what? What is this about? And they're like, well, it's about abortion. And they're like, what? And then you reread it and you're like, because it doesn't mention that. But all the tension is there and all of the, this is true, by the way. It's like a one pager too. Anyway, so the point is, though, if you give a cool assignment that, it's better to say to kids, all right, write a short story that involves one flashback, the main character has to be an animal, and there's a symbol, uh, you know, let, uh, it, something like that. Like, yeah. that's so, okay, like, that feels feasible. Okay, I got to pick a, an animal, all right? Uh, what animal am I going to pick? I'm going to pick a parrot, and it's going to repeat things a lot. Spider. And, uh, and it lives in a cage, and the cage is going to be the motif, the symbol. The, the, yeah. you know, I'm going to pick a spider. And you, you can just see this, and I'm going to use a flashback to tell its origin story or why it's in this you know, exotic pet shop and why it's sad to be there or whatever. And all of a sudden, I'm already just spitballing and creating something with you that's better than if you just said, I don't know, if you say tell me a story, but all right, a guy... Uh, it's almost it's debilitating. Too much choice <laughs> yeah, is right. debilitating. Yeah. So, so in a very real sense, we need the limitations. I mean, in fact, that's the art of teaching: is to pro- provide reasonable limitations and guiding limitations. Uh, and, and and that's why we say that's what they're asking for when they say, "Is this graded?" or uh, you know, how long does this have to be? Mm-hmm. They're wanting to know, well, a lot of things, the value and, you know, grade grubbing is all part of that. But also it's reasonable to say, like, are you expecting five pages or a paragraph? Because clearly that's a, a significant difference, uh, both in terms of what's required of them and the thought that they're putting into it and the time commitment they're going to make. Um, and I so mean, they're looking for that. Poetry is limitation imposed right i mean that's essentially well you know not modern poetry which they just write prose anyway but <laughs> when you think of they just good, space it out good weirdly. poetry which is a b a b rhyme scheme <laughs> only only <laughs> there's that, some limitations for you <laughs> that kind of limitation bring that makes it art right that makes it uh be- beautiful uh-huh. Well, if you study art in school, you don't just hand a canvas every day and say paint something. Paint. You study impressionism and right. cubism and otherisms. Other-isms. You know? <laughs> and like, like, and then you try to mimic it and understand it and study it, and that's why we have labels for time periods, and we try to understand history through. Uh, you know, this was the Renaissance, and this was the Romantic era, and this is the, and it's all like. Interestingly, we define history like retrospectively, you know, um, and, we're, and maybe for the first time, like 
did modernist or, or I guess they knew they were I guess it come about mo- like we know we're in a postmodern and we're struggling to name currently are we in post postmodern or new sincerity or what you know there's different mm-hmm. terms out there but like we're just trying to make sense what we're actually craving is some boundaries and limitations to try and understand some like how we're operating in this world and so that's a general like talking about postmodernism that's so giant but then when you get closer like like then you get into this discussion and we call this a podcast and a podcast has the limitations of it's it's just a discussion or a recording between well whoever but in this case you and me and we do a podcast meaning we're not going to have video so we don't we don't plan for segments with videos and uh and out of that it's like all right because i have no doubt if we had video and we had a big old production i'd be wanting to do things with food or visual elements but i like that that's off the table because it's just so much in this world, and a, particularly in a internet world, like everything's at our fingertips. It's just like so. I'm so inundated with information. Like I, I'm, I'm hungrier and hungrier for limitations, and I suspect everyone feels the same way. So would we be better off with fewer freedoms? Should we like America is, you know, we self, <laughs> we we love our freedom, and we consider yeah. ourselves a free country. So are we wrong? Would we be better I, off if we had a more authoritarian government or you know, if <laughs> well, we didn't have a constitution or like, would we be better? Would we be more creative people? Um, <coughs> if, if I think, let, let me ask uh, this, would we have fewer or greater, a fewer or greater number of suicides? How, how do you think that suicide rates with the amount of freedom that people have like uh well japanese culture seems to be high yeah i did look i was just gonna say they have a higher suicide rate and they're more restrictive um but there was so much i wanted to unpack with that because i almost want to 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 go back to like i almost feel like as an american like freedom is this axiomatic like fundamental foundational thing that like from which I operate. So to challenge that, I feel at my core, uh, I'm trying to double check that for this conversation and for the thought experiment of like, have I placed too much emphasis on freedom? And I'm willing to at least entertain for the sake of a discussion, like maybe in my hierarchy of values, I've placed freedom higher than I, than I, I'm not going to say should, but like I'm willing to evaluate it and say, maybe... Maybe, maybe if I had a little bit less freedom, it wouldn't be as an upsetting and un, and unearth me as much as I. I'm just. Be, I feel even cautious saying it. You can hear I'm struggling even to say it because I value freedom this much. But like, perhaps I'm perceiving, like freedom is such a big term too. Like sure. Like, and are there reasonable limitations on freedom? Um, that that statement alone, I want to say like no. As soon as you're in limiting freedom, like it's no freedom collapses completely. It's an all or nothing thing, and and that dichotomy of thinking that it seems a little oversimplistic to me, and so I'd be willing to investigate it. But in a very pure definition sense, if you restrict anything, I no longer am like completely free, and mm-hmm. and I have to pay taxes. So we're like, is this an illusion of a free society anyway? And then to get to your well, I don't know if we wanted to unpack that and then unpack the suicide thing, but but uh, 
mean, it all kind of goes. It all, it goes together a little bit. I mean, okay. How about this? Mm-hmm. If we lived in a you, if we lived in like a authoritarian regime that was cracking down, I would resist. And in that resistance, I'd find a lot of purpose, actually, and probably have some comrades, and I'd be willing to die for the cause. I say right. comrades. It's probably not a good word, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I would. I would push back and like right. feel very, very sincere and right and just, and I would be fighting the good fight. And that is, in terms of feeling fulfilled and purposeful, it'd be amazing. Um, in a completely free society that's completely peaceful, finding purpose mm-hmm. is uh, a yeah. lot harder. Right. And what- I think we do live in a generally peaceful, you know, we, we lived in, we, our experience is that anyway. And that's so. that's kind of where I was going with this thought. You know, I had the thought, okay, what about in North Korea or Afghanistan or, you know, some some place where they don't, you know, they obviously don't have the same freedoms that we do. Like, th- there's some amount of misery that comes along with that. There's oppression and yeah. poverty. And why don't people Just kill injustice themselves? Injustice in general. Right? You know? Like, you would think yeah. that people... You know, we, we have, you know, I mentioned, I didn't mean to link this, but, you know, we have 110,000 drug overdoses a year and however many tens of thousands of gun suicides, that's not including other suicides, in the U.S. And, you know, life in the U.S. is pretty freaking great. Uh, yeah. And you would imagine that there would be more deaths in somewhere like North Korea, which is abysmal. But, like, when you look at the stats, per 100,000 people, there are 14 suicides. I think this is from 2012, so it's kind of dated. 14 suicides in the U.S. Uh, and North Korea, 9 per 100,000. So lower suicide rate in North Korea. Um, well, and- the, the, the impact on happiness like free, like might not be this what we think it is. And that's a huge... Right. Like- well, and Iraq, Iran and Iraq are only 5. China at 7. Venezuela There's also too? like a, are they recording the numbers accurately as another, sure. but still, let's still, yeah, sure. let's, guess, let's take it at face value though and say that right. this is, these are, these are Japan, which you called out is about 13. So lower than the U S. Oh, wow. Wow. That throws my concept of things. I just, yeah. yeah fin- they have like suicide fin- forest and here, stuff. Here's an I interesting thought. factoid. Finland, which has come out number one in the world happiness report. It, which is granted self-survey data, yeah. <clears throat> but for years, um, it's been rated number one. Uh, their suicide rate is 13 or 14 people around the same as the U.S. Afghanistan came in last in the World Happiness Report, and like I said, their their suicide rate is six per 100,000, so less than half. So, so I, I would like to see a fulfillment report, <laughs> like a, or a purpose... Uh, well, I'm sure that because gets even if you're wrapped up in the whatever the happiness I, report is, well, I don't. I, I I think it's important to to delineate and say happiness. Well, the reason I say purpose and fulfillment is like okay, I might be miserable and oppressed and and but like yeah, but I it, it, am I, I understand. My family I, I understand and, what and, you're saying. The, there is an important distinction between happiness, which is fleeting, and purpose, which is long lasting. But I can't imagine, maybe this is just me being naive, but I can't imagine anyone getting some survey saying, are you happy? And they go, oh, you know what? Right now in this moment, why, you know, I just ate a Snickers bar. I'm pretty happy. 
So I'm filling it out. Yes, like surely people are yeah. thinking in a broad in broader terms when right. they answer a survey like that, right? I'm just saying that perhaps the weird thing is if you're suffering at the hands of others, and that's where like like the rock or something like this that might be mm-hmm. suffering at the hands of the others, but you still have like family to defend and protect. So you might be miserable, but you're like. You're miserable by an outside source, but when you're free, you're actually saying there's no outside source causing you pain. And but to this sort of, is it true that to live is to suffer? So even in if it, if the pain isn't external, then it's gonna be internal. Like that's a terrible, like so so everyone's mental health in free worlds are like way worse, and they're committing suicide at higher rates. Like I, that's so wild to say, well, but it is crazy. Um, but like. I mean, that's an, another thing that I wondered, you know, when thinking about creativity, happiness, Our neuroticism purpose. runs amok, essentially, is well, what well, I'm yeah, saying. Well, yeah, that's what's it's happening. Like, like Gen, Z and, Gen Z in particular, and millennials also very high, you have extreme levels of anxiety, lower yeah. happiness, malaise, uh, more than I ever. I think I'm a product of this. I have high anxiety, and I have a feeling if that I'm a, I'm just sensitive to my culture and my surroundings, and if if this weren't sort of the millennial norm to be anxious and work a little too hard, like I'm so impressionable in that regard. And so, and I don't mean to say that my anxiety isn't real because I think it absolutely is. And it kind of bothers me on some deep level that I think I'm just a product of this culture. And then it kind of makes me frustrated at the culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't mean to say that I have no control over myself or anything like that, but I absolutely believe you play, if I were born in some oppressed part of the world that like I would not have that anxiety. It's not just precisely innate that it's like, like it's just me like responding to my circumstances and seeing that as the norm and seeing that the, the, who I'm around all the time and you know so I I think I'd just be worried about my next meal or protecting my family like that's what I would be involved with I'd be still be I'd be suffering and perhaps not happy but uh, and certainly some people that get anxious and depressed and all of that do commit suicide whereas the person who's suffering at the hands of uh, an oppressor is not committing suicide right mm-hmm. they're not it has nothing to do with mental health i mean even though it well it does have obviously being oppressed would make you miserable but that misery misery is at least sensible it's external it's almost like this tangible it's like oh it's this entity it's this government it's this system mm-hmm. that i'm mad at versus yourself and the like and the vagueness of mental health issues when it's that's tough so it's inescapable in a way. Whereas you can always have the hope of escape if it's like the suppressor, you can like flee the escaper or the, the oppressor or or defeat them or something like that. Whereas if you if it's yourself, like you're always with yourself and that could be daunting. Um, it's probably yeah. also why celebrities and child celebrities in particular get messed up, right? Like they have so many options, you know, they have a lot of money, they have a lot of sway they can kind of call the shots and direct their life exactly how they want with no limitations you know they can sleep with anyone they want they can have drugs or whatever and have the drugs and have have the sleep around (laughs) yeah they can do whatever they want i don't know why they can watch the pornography movies (laughs) 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 they just have too much they have access 
and they don't yeah. have limitations yeah, and, no they're, limitations. and they're too young yeah yeah and so they're right. not going to be like creative and uh thoughtful they're just gonna hurt themselves <laughs> right yeah so, well, so so that actually puts an, an, another spin as we wrap up this conversation i mm-hmm. know but not only do limitations breed creativity like it's also like a potential safety issue like whether it's mental health to the average like free american now that suffers disproportionately with anxiety or the the celebrity kid that like got their way too much and is now a jerk and self-loathing and does drugs and is self-destructive like they didn't have proper limitations uh Mm -hmm. so so yeah you've made the case bennett let's give up our freedoms (laughs) (laughs) no i think so my my uh, obviously we've been exploring the the balance between uh, freedom and, and limitation. And here's here's kind of the conclusion that I came to. Like, I do highly value freedom, but I recognize the benefit of limitation. And so what I think is that the the ideal thing is that we should strive to have a society or, or a life, build a life for ourselves, where we have the freedom to self-impose limitations of our Responsibilities. Responsibilities are a way of saying limitations of our choosing. Is that fair? Right. I think that is fair. And like, you have to have the discipline to be able to say, okay, here are my bounds. Like here's, here's what I'm, here are the walls that I'm going to stay between. And within those boundaries, I'm, I'm going to act. And that allows you to be creative within those particular bounds, but it takes discipline, right? I think that's really hard for people with creative personality types because they want to break down those walls and they want to do whatever they want to do. Maybe they, maybe they say, okay, I'm going to put these walls up and then they get halfway and they think, well, if I just broke down this wall, I could do this. And then, you know, they get carried away and then they never finish whatever they're doing because they've broken down all of the walls. Um, It's it's the kid writing about the parrot that actually ends up wanting to write about the shopkeeper and says, can I just write about the shopkeeper instead? And I say, no, like the point is for whatever reason, you, you, the animal has to be the protagonist, you know? So Mm -hmm. like, Anyway, yeah, you're right. The creativity, the creative person just wants to abandon that. I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That was, I mean, that was it. That was my, that was my ultimate conclusion after kind of mulling, mulling this problem over because, you know, I started, I started going, oh, no, freedom is a total good and should never be, should never be lessened. <laughs> Basically, you're like, oh, with great freedom. <laughs> great responsibility. Oh. <laughs> like that's what happened. Basically, I Uncle mean, Ben. It was basically an Uncle Ben moment. But but like in a really creative way. <laughs> Whoa! Full circle. Okay, that's enough. Bye. <laughs> the end. The creative end. ending. Dun, 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 dun.